Burr exclusive on the production. Your experience just got serious. Season two. Yes. So I know this episode is a little later than usual. Look, I've been living life. I forgot all about it. It is what it is. As long as I get y'all an episode out before this week is over with, that's all that matters. Welcome to 10 on the clock, episode number nine. I'm Tyrone Smith. Wrong to exclusive hustle bandit sneaker bandage. Y'all already know the vibes. And like I said, we a couple days late on this episode. So I missed out on my locks of the week. I feel some type of way about that. Just because, man, I, I wasn't expecting for the past couple days to go like they had been going. As long as I'm able to get y'all something, that's all that matters. So let's go ahead. We're going to get right into the episode and we're going to start out with those locks of the week. All right. So last week I went seven and three. This week, this week I went eight and three in my predictions. Hell yeah. It's a good look for the kids. You know what I mean? Eight and three. I started out by saying the Cavs was going to beat the Bucks, and they did. My lock of the night was the Sixers to defeat the Pistons. I had the Hawks to lose to the Bulls, in which they did. And a a shocker, the Pacers beat the Celtics. Was not expecting that. You think you can do this to me? Boston is 1-5, and and they passed six games, so they're not looking real good right now. After I gave them so much credit last week for being the best team in the NBA, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. It's it's, it's looking kind of shaky. On the flip side, Brooklyn has so much drama, but they are one of the hottest teams in the league right now, and they put the smackdown, the smackdown on the Golden State Warriors. It got to the point where after halftime, I didn't even want to watch the game no more. They scored 91 points in the half. They was up 40. I I just didn't want to watch it no more. Toronto went into New York and beat the Knicks. The Knicks had won eight straight games up until that loss. So shout out to the Knicks and the Nets, making New York look very proud. I can't wait for the battle of the boroughs. That's going to happen because that game is going to be super exciting. The Rockets had a 15-point lead against the Orlando Magic and blew it. Ended up taking the L. Ball Ball is slowly but surely becoming one of my favorite players in the NBA, without a doubt. The Timberwolves lost to the Mavericks. Luka Magic does it once again. And the upset special was the Thunder to beat the Blazers, in which... They came back within the last seconds, end up winning that game by three. Kings and Lakers, you probably would have been crazy if I said the Kings is going to defeat the Lakers. But the Kings defeated the Lakers. Demonis Sabonis, a 20-rebound triple-double. That man was out there just going crazy. Pat Bev actually scored double digits this game, so shout out to Pat Bev. Damn, damn, damn. 
this this too small gesture i'm i'm really starting to hate that because everybody does it it's not it's not even it's not even a, it's not fun no more like it's just like uh, that in the on your head that taunt i hate them. them them two of the most irritating celebrations in basketball right now and last but not least the clippers defeated the hornets which i mean what, what could you expect paul george Kawhi leonard they back on the floor looking real looking real serious looking real dangerous right now so shout out to the la clippers shout out to all the teams that won to the three teams that lost celtics rockets timberwolves we gonna have to catch this fade in the parking lot i don't know if i'm gonna be able to come out on top but we definitely got to catch this fade in the parking lot so with my seven and three record last week that put me at 50 and 25 as previously stated with my eight and three record this week that gives me a record of 58 and 28 so i started out a little slow but i have been dominating these locks of the week the past couple weeks so give your boy a round of applause Now let's go ahead, we're going to go into name that draftee because that was the trivia question that I posed in last week's episode. Alright, so for name that draftee, he was a two-time Big East All-American at Syracuse. He played for five teams in his seven years in the NBA. And he got his one and only signature shoe in 1997. Who am I talking about? The answer to that question is none other than John Wallace, who was the 18th pick in the one of the greatest drafts in NBA history, the 1996 NBA draft. His one and only signature shoe deal came with Carl Kanai. I actually did a video on the Carl Kanai brand way back in the day. Y'all gonna have to go on Patreon to check that out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna drop that on Patreon. So if y'all want to check that out, I will leave the Patreon link in the description. You ain't gotta worry about paying nothing right now. It's a 30 day trial at the 30th day or the 29th day. If you if you don't like it, you can just go ahead and cancel it. No no hard feelings, none whatsoever. Now let's get into some stories that dominated the news from last week. And look, the only thing I really want to talk about from last week is the changes to the awards. All of the major awards are now named after legends. For example, the NBA MVP award is named after Michael Jordan. The Rookie of the Year award is named after Will Chamberlain. Sixth Man of the Year is named after John Havlicek. Defensive Player of the Year is named after Hakeem Olajuwon. Most Improved Player is named after George Mikan. And the most clutch player is a new award that has been added to the amount to the awards that you can win, and that award is named after Jerry West. I'm a fan of the NBA giving home paying homage to some of the greatest players to ever play the game, and I'm glad that they didn't go in the route of naming awards after players who had won those particular awards the most amount of times. 
Now, for example, if you look at the NBA MVP award, Mike won it five times. And you could have made an argument for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar being named at the award being named after him because he won the award six times. And he is still currently the NBA's all-time leading scorer, even though that record looks like it is about to be surpassed really soon. You have to look at the impact that Jordan had on the game of basketball as a global brand. And yes, Luau Cinder slash Kareem Abdul-Jabbar dominated in his heyday with the Bucks and his time with the Lakers. But I wouldn't consider him to be a transcending player as Jordan was. And when I mean transcending, I mean swag-wise. Jersey wise, everyone wanted a Mike Jersey. Every time Chicago would come to your city, the arenas would sell out. And he was doing that when he was with the Wizards. So his impact on basketball was so great. When I look at Will Chamberlain, Will Chamberlain had the greatest rookie year, rookie season of all time when he averaged 37 points, 27 rebounds, and two assists. Not only did he win rookie of the year that particular year, but he also won league MVP. I did it. No other rookie season will ever come as clutch or as great as the rookie season Will Chamberlain had. So I see where they're going there. A lot of people will say that Havlicek transcended the sixth man with the Celtics. But if you're looking at award winners, you will look at Lou Will and Jamal Crawford. They both won the award three times. But John Havlicek is the guy that kind of put the sixth man on the map. Defensive player of the year If you look at awards You would say Dikembe Mutombo and Ben Wallace Because those are They are tied for the most defensive player of the year Awards all time But Hakeem Olajuwon is probably the greatest Defender of all time His 3,830 Blocks is a record that will Probably never be broken And as a center He ranks ninth all time In steals with 2,162 to have the award named after Hakeem Olajuwon, I don't have a problem there whatsoever. Most improved player is George Mikan. When I look at George Mikan, the only thing that I could kind of think about in terms of him having an award named after him is he was the first dominant big man and his skills kind of transcended the way players came into the league from the time that he was in the league to now so that's the only thing i can come up with in terms of george mikey because his numbers was already great when he was playing it wasn't like he had a down year and then he just kind of shot up mikey was that guy and the clutch award being named after jerry west i mean yes i mean i can understand that but you could also say the clutch award could also go to Michael Jordan. He has nine winning shots at the buzzer in NBA history, which is the most all-time, according to the source that I got the, that particular stat from. I hope it's true. If it's not, then y'all gonna have to be back too. Jordan is that guy when it comes to clutch moments. Kobe was that guy. But Kobe has all-star MVP. So, to name these awards after legends, I like the idea. And I like also like the fact that they didn't go the route of naming them after players who have won the award all-time. Because, I mean, yeah. 
because you could you could honestly say like finals MVP would be somebody like Robert Ory or somebody like that. Bill Russell. But you you kind of get one. Now that we got my one and only story out the way, let's break down these Christmas games. Is it something that's gonna have you breaking out in highs? Is it something that your best friend gonna clown you? How you thinking? Why do I deal with? Christmas Day will feature five games. We got the Sixers and the Knicks. We got the Lakers and the Mavericks. We have the Bucks and the Celtics. We have the Warriors and the Grizzlies. And we have the Suns and the Nuggets. Let's talk about the Knicks-Sixers game real quick. This game initially looked like it was going to be a dud because New York was kind of struggling at one point in time. But New York, they have won eight of their last nine games. New York is is on that pedestal right now. Currently, Philly is on a six-game winning streak. James Harden doing his thing. Joel Embiid doing his thing. So, the clash at the Garden is going to be lit to see. For me, the key to the Sixers' victory is always going to start with Embiid. I feel like Embiid has to take advantage of his skill set to do a little inside outside against the bigs and the Knicks, Mitchell Robinson, Hart, Hartenstein. I feel like he can have a dominant game against those guys. Be aggressive against Mitchell Robinson because he's a shot blocker. You know, when you're a shot blocker, you want to go after everything. Your discipline really isn't there defensively. So I feel like MB can eat. James Harden, I feel, is going to have a great game where he's going to kind of score maybe 15, 16 points, but his playmaking is going to be the key, another key for Philadelphia to win. And then you also got to look at the role players, the Tobias Harris, the Anthony Meltons, the Corkmans, uh, Montrez, if he plays, like the Paul Reeds, if those guys can step up and give you what they've been giving you during this little streak that you have, and a little more, I like Philly's chances this game. My X factor for this game for Philly is going to be Shake Milton. Like, Shake Milton has taken advantage of Tyrese Maxey being out of the lineup. He has come in. He's given him instant energy, instant offense off of the bench. And people forget how good he was at one point in time. He lost his favorite with Doc Rivers in the rotation. Now he's been called upon to give what he's always been giving. Now that Maxi is injured, and I don't think he's going to be playing in the Christmas Day game. But Shake Milton is my guy. He's going to be the key. I wouldn't say a key, but he's going to be the X factor for Philly to win this game. For the Knicks, I think it just has to be jump shots. They have to hit their jump shots. I don't know how effective they're going to be going into the lane with Joel and B. I don't know how effective they're going to be getting to the spots that they want to get to with P.J. Tucker out there and De'Anthony Melton. I feel like they're going to make it hard for those guards, Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett. Those guys are going to have a hard time getting to the spots that they want to get to, so they're going to have to take a lot of jump shots. They're going to have to take a lot of jump shots that they don't want to take. If they can hit those shots, then I feel like the Knicks is going to be in position to win that game the x factor for the knicks I, I think it has to be quentin grimes quentin grimes has come on as of late he's getting more playing time as evan fournier has been left out of the rotation he's been called upon to give them some key minutes and quentin grimes if he can hit the three ball 
If he can be aggressive like he's been being aggressive, I like New York's chances. But I gotta run up on a cat with the pump. Lakers Mavs. This game is gonna feature the overutilized superstars. And when I mean overutilized, I mean Luka Doncic and LeBron James. Anthony Davis will not be playing in this game. Don't know if Russell Westbrook's gonna be playing either. But these two are have been heavily utilized. And for LeBron, you sign, you get AD. AD was supposed to be the, the, the guy. And at 38 years old, LeBron James still has to be the guy. For Dallas, they had a talent, but for whatever reason, I think they just like watching Luka do what he do. So they not giving him no legitimate help. But it's going to be a good game nonetheless. The key for Dallas, they had to help Luka. They, they got to get some guys that's going will, that's gonna to score the ball. They have to get some guys that's going to be willing to put up some shots. You know, Tim Hardaway, he does it. Dorian Finney-Smith does it. Christian Wood, he does it. I just want to see him do it on a consistent basis. If they can do it on a consistent basis, if they can do it on this Christmas Day game, I like their chances. Spencer Dinwiddie is my guy. Look, we know what he was with the with the Nets. He has that potential. And I feel like this would be the game for him to utilize that potential. Show them that it was worth keeping him and not Jalen Brunson. Because Jalen Brunson is out there balling. And Dallas could use a Jalen Brunson right now. But they got a Spencer Dinwiddie. And I felt maybe they felt that the skill set with Dinwiddie better complimented Luka than what Brunson did and he has to go out there and he has to prove that for the Lakers just like the Knicks they gotta hit jump shots the only difference is the Lakers are not gonna have a problem getting to where they get to because Dallas defense is not that great they're gonna get where they wanna go I don't trust their big men as rim protectors LeBron James is going to collapse that paint and it's going to be guys wide open, ready to take the three-point shot. The only problem is when the Lakers get open shots, they don't make them. So for the, the key for the Lakers is they have to make open shots. They have to help LeBron James. And this is why I think Thomas Bryant is going to be key for the Lakers. Now, Thomas Bryant, he's a guy who plays with energy. He's a guy that can take that, that isn't afraid to go inside, do the dirty work of a big man, but he also has enough touch to take it out to the perimeter, shoot threes, be effective on the perimeter. He's gonna have to be the key. Because you're gonna have to keep that, you're gonna have to keep that defense honest. You're gonna have to keep those bigs honest. And like I said, I don't really trust Dallas bigs like that. And Brian plays with enough physicality to be able to eat down in the paint and do some stuff out on the perimeter i mean the four games that he played last week he averaged 11 points five rebounds uh shot 68 from the floor now in those games one of those games was against the celsius when he only played like a couple minutes and only had like four points or something like that uh in the two games last week that he played against the nuggets and the wizards he averaged 18 and a half and eight and a half so the potential was there and I think they're going to have to rely on Thomas Bryant to do some of the dirty work inside. 
to possibly open more lanes up for the other guys to do what they need to do. Mama's cooking. In the battle of the two best teams in the Eastern Conference, we got the Bucks and the Celtics. The Celtics has a powerful offense and the Bucks have a very good defense. They haven't been playing like it as of late, but their defense has the potential to be good. For Boston, the key has to be other guys have to have to step up. They have to step up and score. Just like with Dallas with Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum cannot jack up all the shots. He has the potential to do it and lead to lead the team to victory by himself. But I think they're one in five in their last six games because JT is trying to do too much and the other guys on the team aren't giving him enough. That's got to change if they want to beat the Bucks. And I'm looking at Grant Williams. Now, yeah, you probably could have said Smart or Brogdon or Horford, but I'm looking at Grant Williams. Grant Williams is a guy that I feel like can sneak up on you. Because you, you kind of know what you're going to get from your three. You know what you're going to get from Brown, Tatum, and Smart. For the most part. As of late, whatever. But for the most part, you know what you're going to get from them. Grant Williams has to be that guy. I mean, he averaged 11 points, 5 rebounds, shot 41% from the field, 31% from three last week. And I feel like that's not good enough. He got to give me more than that. And I'm looking for Grant Williams to have a big game against the Bucks. For the Bucks, I think the key has to be just like with every other team with for what it looked like. They gotta give Giannis some help. If they hit their threes, there is gonna be impossible to beat the Bucks. I'm looking at guys like Brooke Lopez. I'm looking at Drew Holiday. I don't know if Chris Middleton is gonna play, but if you can get a significant contribution from Chris Middleton from what you get off the bench with Connie 10. Bobby Portis if all those guys can hit their shots and allow Giannis to do what he do in terms of getting to the paint and everything like that drawing kick Milwaukee's gonna win this game and this is exactly why I'm looking at Pat Connaughton as my x-factor for the Bucks he only averaged six points last week he shot 36% from three last week but he has the potential to knock down the open shot and I feel like he's going to get a lot of those because Giannis is going to do his thing in terms of getting where he needs to go. And he's going to draw that defense in. I'm the man up in this piece. And my game of the night is going to be the Warriors and the Grizzlies. A lot of smack talk has been talked back and forth. This game lose a little luster because Steph isn't playing. Nonetheless, talking crazy. Wizards, Grizzlies. What? Here we go. Now, for Golden State, the key has to be defense. They didn't stop not one person in that game against Brooklyn. Brooklyn put up 91 points against them last night. 91 in the first half. Not insane. 91 points. Golden State's defense has been... You think you can do this to me? Ill. Just ill. Like, no. Like, just not, not, no. I know Draymond is going to take that personally because he's a defensive guy. But Golden State, they got to stop somebody. And you got to have some offensive weapons. Hopefully, they have Clay. Hopefully, they have Wiggins in this game. Hopefully, the, the other key pieces will be there for Golden State. But you got to get some offensive firepower out there. And as I stated in 
previous a previous episode with the Warriors, they're pen, depending too much on the young guys. And I understand that they want to develop them, but you got to make up your mind if you go and stay. Is this is this a year where you want to win a champion, another championship, or do you want to develop your young guys? Because if you want to develop your young guys, this is what's going to continue to happen. It's going to be up and down. Three wins here, four losses here, five wins here, six losses there. If you want to win a championship, you got to scale back on some of them young guys' minutes. Give it to some of these veteran guys out here who know how to play, who know what to do at crunch time, who, who know winning basketball. Go out there and get yourself back in the mix of being a championship contender. Now, with all this being said, Dante DiVincenzo is going to be my X Factor if he plays. I've always liked DiVincenzo. I felt like the Pistons should have signed DiVincenzo. But they got Ivy, so it's cool. Two-way player who can shoot the three. He has that winning pedigree. National champion at Villanova. And an NBA champion. Dante DiVincenzo is that guy. I feel like he can have a big game both offensively and defensively against a guy like John Morant. For Memphis, I feel like the key to their victory is they cannot be emotional. Like, I feel like emotions can really take you out of a game. They wanted Golden State. They felt like they were the better team when they played them. And I feel like emotions is going to overtake them to a point where they're going to lose focus and potentially lose the game. What you get from Ja, what you get from Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain probably isn't playing in this game. What you get in the inside with Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr., they're going to have a field day against those Golden State Warrior bigs. Once Kevon Looney is out, James Wiseman may be able to give him a challenge, but they, they rotate big men between Adams, Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark. They have a lot of big men that they can roll out there, and that's going to make an impact on the game. So, if Memphis can control their emotions, they'll be all right. Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be my X Factor. I mean, he just came back after his serious injury. And in the games that he played, I mean, 11 points, 7 rebounds. He had 8 blocks in one game against the Hawks. So, he averaged 2.7 in the week. He didn't have no blocks in the other two games, but he had 8 in one game. So, that's probably why the stats look so good. But Jaron Jackson, inside-outside game, he going to eat. Getting into the lane is probably going to be next to impossible for Golden State. I like Jaron Jackson Jr. as my X-Factor. Last but not least, we got the Suns and the Nuggets. And Phoenix, Phoenix has been struggling as of late. They lost to the Wizards. Woo! The Wizards, who had lost eight or nine games in a row, they lost to the Wizards. DeAndre Ayton getting into it again with coaches and players. It, it's so sad to see because DeAndre Ayton has so much potential. He has so much potential. And he's not utilizing it because he just wants to be that guy. You know that guy that think they know everything and they wanna they wanna question everything that's being said. Even though you might be telling them the right thing, they wanna be stubborn and hard-headed and they feel like that their way is the best way. I feel like I'm talking about myself right now. But DeAndre Ayton is that guy. For Phoenix to win, Chris Paul got to have a good game. Devin Booker been going bananas. 
He put up 58 points against the Pelicans. Like, what? What? He has to continue to play at that high level. Phoenix is not that deep of a team right now. They have been decimated with injuries. And Jay Crowder not being a part of the team. I think Devin Booker, he's just going to have to have one of them crazy nights for, for Phoenix to win. But I'm looking at Torrey Craig. Torrey Craig is going to be my X Factor. I mean, he goes out there. He guards the best perimeter players. I mean, Denver has a lot of them, a lot of good ones. But he's going to have to be that guy. He's going to have to be that 3 and D guy. He's going to have to step up and play some offense in addition to playing some solid defense. I mean, he's only averaging 5.3 points right now and shooting 20, 20% from three. But I feel like he has so much the potential to do so much more. And the way Devin Booker playing, he's going to draw a lot of attention. DeAndre Ayton, for whatever you may feel about him, he draws enough attention. Torrey Craig got to eat this game. And I'm I'm counting on Torrey Craig to, to do his thing. For the Nuggets, the Nuggets playing solid right now. Nikola Jokic is, is out there just, just doing whatever he want to do. I, I feel like he was going to win the MVP again, and he's, he's putting up numbers that's that's kind of proving my point. He was the Western Conference Player of the Week. So I'm looking at their shooters. If they shooters can help Jokic out because he's going he's gonna to draw it, he's going to draw a lot of attention. If they can hit their shots, Denver is going to win this game. And if you can stop Devin Booker, because I just don't, I, I don't know what else you, what else more you gonna get from Phoenix, unless Mikael Bridges steps out his shell, goes crazy, unless Chris Paul gives you a vintage Chris Paul game, but Devin Booker is that offense, and that's why Bruce Brown is gonna be my X factor for the Denver Nuggets. Bruce Brown is a Swiss Army knife. Him and KCP out there defensively is bananas. 13 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 66% from the field, 62% from 3. Bruce Brown can do it all. He's my X-Factor for the Denver Nuggets. Now, last but not least, let's go ahead and we're going to pick the games for Christmas Day. In my lock of the night, I'm going to take the New York Knicks to defeat the 76ers. I just feel like the aura in Madison Square Garden, I feel like Julius Randle and RJ Barrett is going to have some great games. Jalen Brunson is going to do what he needs to do. And beating hard, they're going to do their thing. It's going to be a tight one, but I feel like the Knicks and that crowd is just going to it's gonna help them pull it out. I'm going to take the Mavericks to defeat the Lakers. Anthony Davis isn't playing. I don't know if Westbrook's playing. I don't know if Reeves is playing. But from what I've seen from Troy Brown Jr., Patrick Beverly, Max Christie, LeBron James going to have to do everything. And I trust the role players from Dallas a little more than I trust the role players from L.A. So I'm going ahead and I'm going to give it to Dallas. In my game of the night, I'm going to take the Bucks to defeat the Celtics. The Celtics are struggling right now. Jason Tatum is doing his thing. I need to see more from other guys. Giannis, Brooke Lopez, I feel like he's going to have a good game. Bobby Porter is going to come off the bench and do his thing. Drew Holiday doing what Drew Holiday does. It's going to be a great game. And I feel like the Bucks pull it out at the end. 
upset special. I'm going to actually take the Warriors over the Grizzlies. Now, for everything that I said, look, they got something to prove because Memphis called them out. Memphis, Memphis called them out, and Memphis has been talking crazy about them. So they coming out with a purpose. Jordan Poole is going to go bananas this game. I, I think he's going to put up at least 50. Maybe not 50, but he's going to put up at least a high 30. Maybe a low 40. Draymond Green coming in with, with revenge. I feel like Memphis is going to take Golden State too lightly. I got the Warriors to defeat the Grizzlies. And last but not least, I got the Nuggets to defeat the Suns. Jokic is going to cause all type of problems for DeAndre Ayton. I feel like the combination of Bruce Brown and Catavius Caldwell Pope is going to be enough to maybe not stop Devin Booker, but slow him down at least. I don't necessarily trust the other guys outside of maybe Mikel Bridges to be able to do enough solid things, even though if I feel like if Torrey Craig has a good game, Phoenix will have a good chance. Just from what Jokic has been doing as of late, I'm going to take the Denver Nuggets. All right, so these are my picks, and I want to give a shout-out to Have a Soul. This is the charity that I will be donating to this holiday season. For every game, it's five games. So for every game that isn't a feature game, meaning lock of the night, game of the night of upset special, I will be donating $20 if I win that, if I guess that particular game right. For the other three games, I will be donating $25 if I do guess those games right. So it's a good cause. Y'all know I love my sneakers. So any any sneaker related organization that I can help, I'm definitely going to help out. And that has been my episode. It's been a long one. I knew it was going to be a long one because I wanted to preview this Christmas, these Christmas games for you. Next episode, we will be talking about... The games that transpired, what I seen, and all that good stuff. So be sure y'all check in. If you living in the Midwest area, please be safe. A crazy snowstorm is about to hit. It's going to dump a lot of snow, a lot of ice, heavy winds, all that good stuff. So make sure y'all be careful. Make sure y'all are prepared accordingly. I appreciate y'all rocking out with me as always. I'm Tyrone Smith. Wrong to exclusive hustle bandit sneaker bandit four point island lock em up wrong Daytona 360 and I will holla at y'all. Not insane. I have absolutely no idea what's going on. Peace.